Welcome to the Healthy Charleston Podcast, where we help you take ownership of your health and fitness. My name is Hannah, and I am here to be your source of accurate health and fitness information while spreading awareness about all of the different health and fitness resources available to you in the Charleston area. Be sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. I hope you enjoy the show. On today's episode, I am talking with Davon Gilliard, the man behind Can't Stop Training and The Vault. Davon is on a mission to raise the standard of youth athletics and performance training in Charleston to help youth athletes excel and maximize their potential. We talk about his story, his background, what drove him to start CST, all the roadblocks along the way, and how he persisted and got to where he is today. We dive into why performance training is so important, especially in season, as Davon is really trying to get kids to be able to handle more and be capable of more. And we talk about a few things coming up that Davon is really excited about. The Combine in mid-December, where youth athletes in Charleston can get tested and get assessed so that they can improve and work on their weaknesses. And Davon's next dream, which is the Academy, and I'll let him tell you all about it. Davon shares his why behind what he does and what keeps him motivated every day and what it really takes to be a collegiate and a pro athlete. Before we start, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. Otherwise, here we go. Davon, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to finally have you on. You're a busy man. Yeah, aren't we all? (laughs) Everyone's busy right now. I know. It's a new (laughs) thing. It's a cool thing to be busy (laughs) now. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you do here in Charleston? Uh, my name is Davon Gilliard. I am a, I guess, fitness and sports trainer in the area. Definitely super passionate about the sports training. Most of my fitness clients are parents that I've taken on for you know X amount of time. But, uh, but yes, I've been training here for eight years. I went to College Charleston for Exercise Science and been essentially training. I did an internship there for two years with, you know, pretty much trained every team you can think of at the College of Charleston, except for football, because we don't have a football team. But did that for two years, got out of it. While I was doing that, I started training a bunch of kids in the area that I kind of already knew and slowly continued growing. I was the only person kind of in the area at that time doing that style of training. So um, and Instagram had just came out so you'd have these little 15 second videos oh, so I would, when was this this was 2013 oh well, man instagram was out in 2000 what like eight but and I think it was it started, just the pictures yeah, and it was all yeah. weird so yeah. right around that time in 2013 that's when the 15 second videos came out and i started making these videos and i movies for the guys and making them posted and more guys just kept hopping on and then the girls started following so it's kind of how i marketed and kind of blew up um, now you can collab with people and just like, you know, life oh, and is reels. A lot <laughs> yeah. it's changed. So completely. it would take me 40 minutes to do an iMovie yep. video. Now I can do it in, you know, maybe two minutes. So technology, but, but yeah, so we, I, I've been training here for a long time. I coached basketball for my first three years and I was kind of like a player development coach for the James on high school team made it to lower state for the first time. in I think what 25 years, which was really cool. One of those kids went to play on the St. John's. He actually is playing professionally overseas right now, which is really cool. He's one of my first athletes I've ever had. Um, and and I was working. I was actually almost went to PT school. This is actually oh, a, a cool story. I was working as a PT tech at MUSC. And I was training this kid at 6 a.m. in the morning, and then I would go to work. 
And, you know, obviously like me, I'm getting very caught up in my sessions with this kid and I come to work late a few times and the director's like, Dave, you gotta stop coming in late. And, you know, for me, it wasn't that big, for me, it wasn't that big of the deal at the time because when we got there, we had like an hour to hang out and chill. We just had to grab some wheelchairs and bring them back over for our like NICU clients. Cause I worked a lot in the NICU and I'm going through this, you know, Dutality of like, do I want to go to PT school? Do I just want to just go right into this training thing and just dive all in? And I cannot make this up. I am driving to train this kid at, you know, 530 in the morning. I'm like, God, universe, I need a sign. Oh, I, something man. needs to tell me what I need to do. And I train, I'm training my kid. I didn't put my phone in the charger uh, this night for some reason. My phone dies in the middle of the session. And I'm leaving the school. This lady hits a kid off, off his bike, breaks his arm, and she hits him right in front of the exit so we can't move for maybe an hour and a half. I show up to work two hours late, get to work. I My manager goes, Davon, we got to let you go. I get fired. You get fired. I'm walking to my house because at the time I had just graduated from College Charleston, so my, I still lived on Spring Street at the time. I'm walking to my house, and as I'm walking to my house, the kid that I was training that morning, one player of the year, for the low country. Dang. And I was like, oh, All right, there God, goes the thanks. sign. So I U-turn and walk to the business office and get my business license that day. And the I, same day? The same day. Good for and, you. And I've been training ever since. So there was my sign and, you know, reflection of, you know, like- You followed it too. You heard a lot of people that say like, yo, I got fired. It's the best thing that ever happened to me for my first job. And some days I'm like, oh, I wish I kind of did the PT thing. But then also I'm like, I'd have gotten out, what, two years ago? And I would have just been kind of mm. fresh to the city, I think. So- uh, so for me, it's like, you know, I think I did the right thing and I'm ex super excited about the journey I've been on. And, um, and yeah, so ever since then I've been, I've been doing the can't stop deal. So here we are. Yeah. So uh -huh. tell me more about the, the can't stop deal. What is, what does a day in the life of Davon look like these oh, days? Man. Um, I try to wake up at four o'clock and read cause that's the only time I can read now. So by five, I try to, I do my journal, I do my meditation. I try to read for somewhere between 20 to 30 minutes, depending on how much time I have. Um, if the day is going really well, especially like a Tuesday, I'll work out at 5 a.m. Um, and then from 6 to 12, I'm hitting the ground running. I eat lunch. I have a couple more athletes, you know, your Oceanside kids or your tennis players that don't really go to school. <laughs> yeah. Um, they come in, they work out with me until three. And then like essentially from there, it's just a, just kids coming in until like six. And then once I get done at six, uh, Sometimes I'll go on the basketball court, work with a couple of the college Charleston guys um, or any college guy in town or some of the high school kids that, that need some extra work that are really talented. So usually I'll get home at like 8.30, 9, try to journal really quick about the end of my day, what, I, what was good, what was bad, what I, what I liked about my day. And I meditate and try to read and go to sleep. So, and then wake up, you know, exhausted and do tired, it all but over ready again. to rock all over again, but very happy to do it. So... That's that's kind of the day in the life, uh, a day to day right now uh, for me, and you know people are always like, "Dude, do you ever sleep?" I'm like, "Yes, I sleep." Yeah. Um, but it's it's exhausting, but it's fun, right? It's like this is what I want to do. This is what I signed up for. So like when I am tired, when I am exhausted, I always try to you know you know what can I get excited about today? What can I you know what what's going to lift my spirit? What's going to make me happy? What's going to fulfill me? What's one thing that I haven't paid attention to that I need to focus on um, what's something that I'm throwing off that I need to start thinking about what's something that's totally impossible right now that I want to make happen. 
So all those things are like in my journal. And those are the things that kind of wire me to kind of get going for the day. So that that's my day to day. Yeah, that's kind of a routine, you know, ideal day for, for me. Okay, so what are you reading? Right now, I am reading uh, a book called Force. And God, I'm going to kill myself because I don't know that's okay. the name Force. of the author. And it's all about applying force, how to like, apply of course it, biomechanics. It yeah, Because um, I'm doing a lot of speed training right now. So like force application and where you're applying the force is super important. So I'm reading that book. And then I'm also reading Atomic Habits right now as well, too. Yeah, about yeah, yeah. how the little small habits turn ripple effect into big ones. So th- those two books I'm reading. And then there's also, I always, I read these little, <laughs> nerd alert. <laughs> nerd alert, beep, beep. Um, I read these, I get these little articles about training and like, whether it's like hamstring injuries or, uh, you know, big toe stuff or big things toe, like. Just like, like toe stuff. Yeah, like why is a big toe so important? Why do you need to train it? Like, you know, all these like, you know, these hundred kids did the big toe exercises these 50 kids didn't do it what was the difference between research vertical training right yeah. so research articles yeah so that's that's the the nerd alert every once in a while so my one of my mentors he sends me like one a week to read yeah so i dive into those and and then you know do the podcasting obviously those are being that i'm driving a lot now the podcast is starting to be like kind of the vibe these days it's a great way to learn yes yeah. it's so it's so like i'm so mad i didn't do it sooner right and i'm like all I do now is podcasts. I'm, really? all, I'm a podcast guru these days. What so, are you like, listening to? I'm listening to, so one is Speed Talks by Les Spellman. So it's all about speed. The other one is, uh, oh, what's these guys' name? They're like, they always like bring in a strength coach or or exercise scientist to come in and talk about like injuries. And is it barbell medicine or it's not barbell Stronger medicine. by Science? I, I I have you might like yeah Stronger like by Strong Science by is Science. good. I follow him on they Instagram. They get He's real a cool deep. They get real nerdy uh, yeah, in gets, it. Yeah, they get real nerdy. And and that those are the times in my life where I'm like, I'm a cool guy until we start talking. <laughs> I about promise training. I'm cool. And then I get super nerdy, very fast. And my favorite podcast right now is the Old Man and the Three. It's JJ Reddick's podcast. It's like a basketball podcast. Yeah. So he brings in these these basketball guys and they talk about. Um, just basketball talk, so it's really cool. Um, another really good one is the uh, Naval podcast. It's about like finances. Hmm. I read that a lot. I listen to that one a good bit. And then what is the one? Oh, Pacey, the Pacey podcast. Have you heard that one? No. Pacey Performance. Okay. It's really good. They're like, I think they're foreign. Okay. Don't quote me on that. I'll send it to you. A lot of the podcasts done. I listen to, they're always like from Switzerland or yeah. Australian or something like they're, that. They're really yeah. that they're that side of like the world is very deep into like research and, and, like, and like exercise science. Yes, they're yeah. very exercise scientists much. That, so that's my vibe. You're very into your craft. Like nothing that you said didn't have to do with performance training and athletics. Right. So you have this huge day, right? You wake up at four, you go to bed at nine, nine thirty, and you. You literally don't stop. You can't stop. What <laughs> keeps you going? Why are you doing what you're doing? Uh, so like when I, and, and this, I think this is a test for a lot of us in our generation. So like that 37, we're really anything above that, but really 37 to like 25, maybe like we didn't have, especially in the Southeast, like this training thing wasn't a thing. Us when we were growing up in middle school, high school, there was no one guiding us to like, how do you take care of your body? How do you perform better? How do you, how should you work out? 
Um, and don't talk about that in PE class. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, it was just like, I almost went, so I originally went to school for engineering. And then I realized like, I don't like sitting down at a desk. I'm just really good at math and science. And then as I started, like I've been training my whole life, which is so funny. Like I've had like in the last five years, I wonder, my, one of my buddies like, hey, you remember when you made me jog around the house? like 10 times every Monday. I was like, no, I do not remember that. And I was like, he's like, yeah, we were 10. And you just he's made like, him do it. He was like, yeah. He's like, I was mad because he's like, I was crying one day outside because everyone was making fun of me because I was fat. And he was like, let's just go for a run every Monday and see what happens. And, you know, just like, what am I doing? It's right? natural. And, you know, my, my cousin who got adopted when we were nine, he's ended up going to play D1 basketball at Georgia State. And he hated basketball. And I mean, hated basketball. Why did he play? And because I would, we were best friends and he would travel with me so much to play basketball that he just naturally got good at it. And he would always make this joke that no one understands that I was your first client. Mm. I was your first guinea pig. So like the universe kind of shifted me this way. And like, I we'll, we'll get a little deeper about why that is, but I've always naturally been doing this my whole life. And like, now I'm starting to realize like, this is where I was supposed to be. Um, and everything in my life, the way it's gone, has guided me to come back home and be this for my city. And uh, that initially, like, I was like, that's why I started doing so many styles of training because there, there wasn't anything here. So I took the burden of, like, trying to do everything. And, like, I couldn't tell a kid no. Like, if a kid wanted to learn how to get faster, do basketball training or or, you know, figure out this lacrosse thing that I'm doing now. It was just like, I, at the time, it was like, okay, let me figure this out. Let me learn. Let me watch the sport. Let me see how it moves. And then I can figure out how to train it, right? So um, so that was kind of all my passion. Like, I want to help kids, athletes, pros, like, just reach another level in their game. Like, everyone has a another level they, they can get to. And, like, I take deep passion in helping people get to that next level. So that that's really my drive, like... You're good. Let's let's become great. Let's get better. Let's keep improving. Let's get one percent better every day. So that's that's my drive. That's my passion for why I do what I do every day. Yes. When did this all start? Because you were an athlete yourself, right? Yeah. So I. It's funny. I I, I had this reoccurring groin injury since my ninth grade of high school. Like I'm talking from now until you know my college career. Like I would always pull my right groin. Every year, it would just pull, 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 and um, and I and I got really into like learning, like how do I solve these problems? Like how do I fix this problem? Because obviously back then it was just like rest. You yeah, know go I mean? put rice, some ice the, on the, it. The rice. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's always just rice, and then we relax and rest and ice and compress, and you know it's like there has to be something different because this is this not isn't working. working. Yeah. Um, so like those type of things really kind of made me interested in the whole training realm, and then like. I used to be so obsessed with training and working out from like high school to college that like there'd be times in the games I'd be extremely exhausted. So like some days I, I feel like I was just doing too much. And so start trying to understand like, how do I train? How do I work out? Like, is there another kid like me doing the same thing and me educating him like how to take care of his body the right way? So how to manage the intensity, the load, the volume that you're doing in season and off season. And, and those type of things were like the things that I felt like, okay, like, any idiot can work another idiot out. Like anybody can make you tired. Anybody can yeah. make you exhausted. But like, what are the nuances and the details of like, how do you really become a pro at training? And that's been kind of my 
second drive. Like I want to be a professional. I want to be like the guy. Uh, I want to be, as they say, these, I want to be him when it comes to training. So, um, but this is a, also a story, a great story. I, I love a I, story. I don't think I've ever shared the story in Ooh, my life. So, exclusive. Um, in college, we were about and 45 minutes outside of Charlotte and we would drive there. So like this is the, the preseason and this year was supposed to be like the best year I've ever had. And it, it was on pace for that. I was having, the, I had a great off season. I worked my, my butt off the entire summer by myself and um, me and my center who was an all American were, you know, on course to like have a really good team, do really well. And we're driving to Charlotte and we get pulled over I was drinking and I get pulled over and me and some, some of the girl uh, basketball players were driving to Charlotte with a, there's another like five cars in front of us. We're all going to party and we get pulled over. Guy posts like, Hey, get out the car. How old are are you at this point? Like 16? No, this is 1920. I'm like 1920. This is college. So I get pulled over and he, you know, gives me the whole test. He's like, I know you from somewhere. I know your face. He's like, you play basketball. And I go, yes. He goes, give me your coach's number. Calls my coach, gets back in the car, just drives off. He lets us go. Doesn't even give what? me doesn't give me Uh-oh. anything. And we still go party. <laughs> so he lets you keep driving. Yeah. We he, He's he like, literally said, failed the test. He tell he essentially says, leave. He he drives off, said, get somebody to come and pick you up, but he just leaves. Okay. And we just like, we're going to just keep, you know, being 19, you think you're invincible. You're so like, we, oh, I'm going to keep going. We, we, we drive to Charlotte party and we have a recruit coming in the next day. So I come in and like mentally, I totally have forgotten that he called coach and coach goes, hey, come up to the office. Calls me up to the office. I get suspended for 60 days. E- I missed the first like five or six games. Um, and just, I have ended up having a horrible season. Like I couldn't practice with the team. I, I was working out by myself, but by the time I got there, it was just like I just didn't have a rhythm. Um, and Coach was so mad at me, he took my scholarship away from me. And that's literally how I ended up at College of Charleston. It's like I almost – I was like looking at other schools and like I had been so heartbroken that I like that happened because I'm, I'm a huge basketball nerd, by the way. I love basketball. And I was so heartbroken that I literally lost my passion for basketball within like a three-month span. And I'm like – I was already doing exercise science. I'm like, you know, College Charleston later that year had opened up an exercise science department. It was the first year they opened it. So like, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. This is the other side of what I want to do anyway. So um, I'm just going to go all in with the training thing. And so I go to the, to school at College Charleston. And yeah, I start working in, in the internship there. I, I'm training the athletes, working out some of the basketball guys in the court as well too. Um, working out the kid that I told you about that um, I got fired for, that one player of the year. And I'm working him out. I'm working out a group of five or six kids at the time. And all of them, you know, essentially one region player of the year. My name starts growing up, blowing up in the city, yada, yada, yada. So it's like I tell kid people all the time, like, that horrible situation in my life ended up being like the the beautiful flower that, mm-hmm. you know, rose out of the cracks. And, you know, I, I, I've actually never told that story before, which is very funny um, that, yeah, like my life like took a huge turn and like no question in my mind, if that didn't happen, I would probably still be playing basketball overseas somewhere mm-hmm. like professionally and like now be getting out of it and trying to do this now. So it's just like, 
if I go back in time, would I change that? And my question now is always no. If that is that if, if that was a situation that had to happen for me to get to this point, then it had to happen, right? So, yeah. um, so like I guess I wasn't meant to be the professional European basketball player that I thought I was going to be. I was meant to be, as we talked about earlier, this personal trainer or athletic trainer for this area. So yeah, so there's my. Uh, story that I've never shared with anybody wow, before. Wow, thank yeah, you. I'm honored. <laughs> and now everyone else knows it too. Yeah, there it is. The Healthy Charleston Podcast is brought to you by Made to Move Physical Therapy. Made to Move Physical Therapy specializes in helping you get out of pain and get back to doing what you love. We offer relationship-oriented, one-on-one, individualized care to all of our clients, and we believe in putting the patient's needs first. If you'd like to work with me or any of our other physical therapists at Made to Move, check out the link in the show notes and get 10% off of your first session. We have locations throughout Charleston, Mount Pleasant, West Ashley, Somerville, and Daniel Island. Don't waste another day stuck in your pain. Follow the link and schedule an appointment today. Where would you have gone to college if it weren't for so I was happening? I was playing college basketball at the time. Like I was at the school called Fife University. It was a Division II school. Okay. And if you know anything about Division II schools, there's no strength and conditioning there. Mm. Like the coach is your strength and conditioning coach. He is your everything. Um, so he's your driver. He's your all the things. So, you know, D2 sports is very a very rough road in a sense of like the the performance side of training because like your coach is doing the best he can. Um, and he's usually doing a little bit too much. Um, and, you know, the, the training program is not as good as it needs to be, mm-hmm. in other words, because he's not a strength and conditioning expert, right? So, you know, just we're, a lot of the guys were working out on our own. And, you know, we'd have these preseason workouts where we're doing, you know, your routine barbell squats, things like that. Not not a lot of agility movements, things that really correlate with basketball. So, um you know, it's why people get hurt, right? Because you're not really training the way you're supposed to. And, you know, everyone's doing the best they can. And so things like that really started getting me more into like why I wanted to train and why I wanted to get into this realm. So like when those D2 guys do come home in the summertime, they're getting that adequate training that they need to get them ready for the season. So, um, so yeah, so that's, that's been kind of like, um, yes, yeah, so I, I was, I played there for three years. Like we, I had already been there for three years, but this year was going to be like, just like you could just, the best year. Yeah. We, you could feel it. I had, you know, worked my butt off. We were having a good year. Um, and cause I registered in my first year. I, my mom worked three jobs. So I would always just, I never did anything academic. I would go home, put my book bag down, go play basketball. That's all I did. I played basketball for hours. I literally became the kid in my area as the, that's the little dude who can hoop. Yeah. Ball like, is life. <laughs> I was literally in eighth grade playing basketball with all the seniors because that's just how good I, I didn't miss shots because all I did all day was shoot basketball by myself. And then eventually the guys started letting me play with them. I got really good. Um, and like basketball essentially in high school saved my life because like this was, this is a, and we'll talk about this, this is kind of why I want to start the academy. Uh, like my mom was always gone because she had me when she was 18. Dad wasn't around. She worked, you know, her butt off to make sure we could afford to live and eat. Um, so like I didn't have anybody really chaperoning me when I was home. So like like my GPA in high school was like a 1.8. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was horrible. You were just playing and basketball. Like, so I was academically ineligible my freshman year. And which was funny because during that time I was like, 
a lot of schools were calling for me in high school. And then when they found out what my GPA was like, no, we're not taking this kid. So like it started making me feel like an idiot, didn't feel smart. And then got to this school and my course was like, hey, you're in study hall, no matter what. And study hall was more so just me doing the work. There wasn't even anybody there tutoring me. And started doing tutoring. And then my freshman year, I make the dean's list. I am a 4.0 oh, student. You just needed to actually do I, the work. I just had to do the work. And then I'm like, I'm not an idiot. I just need to study. Yay. So <laughs> just gotta do my um, homework. So I made the dean's list every year in college, which is crap. I went from being a 1.8 yeah. kid to almost a 4.0 kid, which is ridiculous. But um, so, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, so, yeah, I... I was a I was a redshirt fret sophomore. I was a redshirt junior of the year that I got essentially suspended. So I yeah. had two more years left of basketball. Okay. Um, and when I went to college, Charleston, I thought about walking onto the team, but I was just like so out of it at that point. I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to focus on this. So, so yeah. So that's kind of how I got back to Charleston. That's how I kind of got into the training world. Um, and then from there, I kind of essentially just hit the ground running. Like I graduated. Went to MUSC, just told you about the MUSC story. And then after the MUSC story, I've been can't stop and ever since. So when you got fired that day, you walked and you got your LLC. Was it Can't Stop Training? Yes, it was Can't Stop Training LLC. Um, I trained for a year at a church that had a basketball court and it had like a little small gym. Um, and I did that for a year there was an old guy i mean like bob knight training mike and drill doing you know pretty much nothing he was like 70 he's sitting down training the kids he had been around for a long time so a lot of respect for the guy right and his older kids which were transitioning into that seventh eighth grade realm were like we were kind of splitting the courts and the i could see the kids just looking at me like just salivating at the mouth like i want to go over there and i'm like i need to go talk to this guy before this because they're going to come and the parents are going to mm. come. So, like, I need to talk to him before this becomes a problem. Um, so I walk up to the guy. I'll never forget this. This is crazy. Um, I walk up to the guy and I go, hey, man, like, you know, I love what you're doing. I see, you know, what you've been doing. I want to help you kind of expand it. Maybe, you know, if you want to retire and, you know, I can keep paying you a percentage of whatever you're making if you want to just do the admin part. Um, and he was like, I never let a black man run my business. Mm. And I'm like, oh, this is actually a thing in this world. Okay, oh, cool. All right, that's all right, what we're doing. Well, you know, okay, since then, since you don't want to help, then I'm not going to stop any kid that wants to come yeah. to me. Like I tried. So, so the, these, the older kids, the, high, the middle school kids start coming to me to work out. And um, he convinces one of the deacons at the church that I stole this kid's jacket. Oh. and. I did put the kids' jacket. I put a bunch of kids' jackets in my car because some of my kids just leave their stuff. So I put it in my car yeah. and, then, you know, bring it back the next day. Like, hey, kids, who left this? So, you know, it, there's me with this handful of clothes taking it to my car and the, his hoodies, the kids' hoodies on top. And, he, you know, he convinces the deacon, like, oh, this guy stole your... your Why would you your, steal this? What, yeah. you going to wear it? Yeah, right. So they, they tell me, like, I can't train there anymore. And I... Like, okay, cool. Let me go find a gym. I find Exemplar Fitness. I find oh, no Joey way. Welling. So that's how I find Joey Welling. And I walk into the gym. Hey, man, I'm looking for a gym. I heard you're right now. Gyms to trainers. And he was like, yes, I, I talked this super great deal with him for giving me like free training for three months and kind of getting started. And he helped me out. So I had like four fitness clients at the time that I used to like pay my rent. Then I had like 12 kids that I was trained that I would bring in to, to work out me for on the athletic side. 
And I had just started coaching at James Allen, so I had a basketball court to use now. So like everything kind of just worked out, right? So yeah, so that's how I got into Exemplar. And like literally when I got there was when they had just finished the other side. I don't know, have you? Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. so we had just finished the other side of the turf side. So apparently before that, it was just one side. That little, when you just initially walk, right, right. And then when I got there, Joey came in and built the other side. And at the time, I was really just working with athletes, working with a couple of my friends on the fitness side. And then he was like, hey, man, like, you're really good at doing this group thing. You want to teach a rush class? I was like, all right, I'll give it a try. No you taught deal. rush classes? So I was one of the, me, Allison, Joey, were, and Dino were the pioneers of the, the rush OGs. class. The OGs of rush. And so I, I trained rush until we essentially moved to the ethos. Yeah. So, um, and then from there, a lot of, the, obviously a lot of the uh, clients liked my style because it was different. So I picked up, a, you know, maybe four or five clients from Rush and then like things started growing. I'm like, oh, like this is really becoming a career and I'm figuring it out. And, you know, I got like a sustainable business. <laughs> and um, so that started getting cool. And then I really started like during that time, that's when I started really diving into books. I had about four hours in between, like maybe like 11 to three that, where like, I had time, time to train. Yeah. And during that time, I would like read all these training books, certifications, and then I would go practice it on my kids. So then I would do that just for like three years straight. It was just like read and practice, read and practice, read and practice. And then obviously over time, it's like, okay, like I'm figuring this thing out. This is all starting to make sense. What I'm reading is clicking with what I'm doing for training. So um, so then eventually just like I started doing it, becoming this great developer of athletes and just like understanding how to like keep improving the athlete over time. And it wasn't until this one kid named Josiah James, I'll never forget this kid, he's been pretty cool kid. He came and was like, hey, I'm ranked number 60 in the country and I, I'm not even doing anything. Like I need to start taking this training thing serious. And like within three months of training him, he went from 60 to 15 in the country, he became Oof. a McDonald's All-American, which was oh. super cool. And he was like the perfect ingredient of like all the research I've had done. And he would just like came at the right time. Like I, I knew how to program. I knew how to take a kid through like a a true workout and and modify it or like progress it even more so by the time he came it was just like he was like my perfect experiment to mm -hmm. do all the things that i actually figured out and and then from that point on everyone after him which was 2016 on had just been a product of me figuring out how to train athletes the right way everything before that was just kind of trial and error guessing figuring yeah. it out so like i was naturally like there was like four three guys at the time that were player of the years before that. And then this kid was like the perfect piece of the puzzle. And, and now it it's all like, came together. Yeah, and it all came together. It's like, okay, now I know what I'm doing. Like, yeah. now I know exactly what I'm doing. What, I'm not guessing anymore. What did that look like? Like, you know, training kids um, the right way. What well, is that? It's understanding like volume and intensity and how to increase those two things over time, right? And it's like, at first, I wanted to throw every trick in the book I had at the kid, like, let's try this, let's do this. Oh, I just learned this today, let me do it this way. Um, and, and we really complicate, you know, if you watch Instagram, training looks very complicated, it looks very cool, but that's just all like the hype to get you in the door, right? So, you know, training is really simple. It's extremely simple and we make it very hard. It's like, for me, it was like my understanding, like, okay, this is what he's doing outside of me with his coaches. This is what he needs to do with me. Um, this is the volume that I need to have. This is the communication I need to have with the coach so we're on the same page. And this is how I need to increase his volume over time. And just understanding like, 
all right, in the season, he has a game today, but he's not going to play a lot because they're going to beat this team by 20. So we can go a little harder in the weight room today. Or like, this is going to be a tough game. Let's dial it down a little bit and take the intensity down and the volume down and just focus on, you know, yeah, we're still going to lift a little heavy today, but it's going to be what his body's already been conditioned to do because we've been doing this for, you know, six six months now. So understanding like those nuances of like, you know, what's your management, what's your load like today for practice, for games, for the week? Like, do you have three games this week? Do you have two? Do you have one game this week? And it just tells me like how we can continue to improve him during the season. And, and then obviously in the offseason, I can have as much fun as I want, right? And so like understanding those things are like, you know, and this kid was a basketball kid. So like with basketball, I do like on the court stuff and I do in the weight room. So like I was doing the player development and the performance side as well too. So like I was really like in charge of his whole training side. And then like his his uh, high school coaches happened to be my best friend. So it was very easy to say, hey, like, this is what let's, he's doing. let's give him off today. Yeah. Um, I, I crushed him. <laughs> or like he'll call me, but hey, I crushed your side today. You might want to think about doing this. So like by the time he got to us, he was just like, he looked like a, a man child compared to the mm -hmm. rest of the athletes in the area. And uh, I remember him saying like when he went to try for the McDonald's All-American tryouts, he said the second day, the only reason I got picked on this team was because everyone else was tired and I was just in better shape and than everybody. I was everybody. just so used to it. So, so like hearing that kind of stuff, it's like, okay, we figured it out. Let's not replicate it, but we understand like how to communicate with every kid now mm -hmm. and coaches and and obviously trying to communicate with coaches is still like a world that we're trying to figure out down here, right? So so just figuring out the process of like, and this is something that I'm also learning a lot because like uh, there's a, a article that I keep reading called The Quadrant System about this guy who talks about, you mm -hmm. know, the different quadrants. You sent this. And, this is and, one you sent to right, us, right? right. And yeah. how, you know, we need to stop looking at training as, you know, like a program thing. Like this is how it's supposed to be and start looking at it as a, you know, what's their load like? What's their stress like today? Like, what's the intensity and how do I manage that based on their week to week, especially in the season? Because um, what I'm starting to realize about athletes now is like, athletes have really big gains if they continue to train in season because everyone else stops. And if you continue to do that, you're like progressively getting better doing the season. Like I have a volleyball girl who comes to me the day of her games. And when she comes in, she's like, yeah, I'm probably not going to play a lot. I'll probably play like one set and then I'm done. So otherwise that would just be a day that she didn't have anything. Right, right. So now we're like, okay, we can go, we can go a little heavier today. So like we'll increase her. Usually in a season, I don't, I don't increase intensity by more than 5% at a time. So like if we, whatever we did last week, we'll go up by 5%. Yeah. Um. So like, and it depends. Like she's like, oh, I didn't have a, I'm only doing one set. Like we'll go up by 5%, but we might add in another exercise versus not, if she had like a full game, we would only just do like two things. Now we're doing like four today. So we'll do like, we'll do trap bar heavy deadlifts and then we'll go in the vertimax and do the jumps and then we'll do body weight stuff, vertical training, I guess you can say. So like, it just depends on how she comes in and how she feels. And like, that's kind of how I address how we're going to flow. Like I have a program for her, but it just like that program is dictated about what's the load like for her this week. Um, and she says all the time, like, hey, like, I'm jumping higher today. Like, I literally can feel myself <laughs> jumping higher in season. So, like, she's her vertical is getting higher. She's getting better while in, she's the season. in the season. So, whereas, like, usually in the season, you'll have a slight decline from where you already were. And, like, I'm trying to get kids and athletes to understand now, like, how important it is to stay 
with your regimen in season, just Keep don't training. overdo it, right? So yeah. the problem we were doing is like you would try to go too heavy on the same day that you're supposed to play or you're going too light on the day that you're not doing anything. So it's just like understanding that balance and of like, how do I control my volume intensity in season? And how should I train in season when I don't, like if I do have a day off, do I, should I just do a recovery? Should I do nothing or should I do like a light workout? So those are the things that I'm really getting good at now about communicating with my athletes is understanding how to work, train themselves. Like my tennis player who she was in the junior U.S. Open for, for tennis. She's like, I think number 10 in the country or something crazy like that for tennis, which is really cool. But like, she's like the ideal client. She walks like a pro. She acts like a pro. She wants to be a pro, right? So everything she does is about coming in and like, this is my schedule. This is what I need to do. I got tennis for two hours and I got you for an hour. Then I go back to tennis again for an hour, like, which is crazy. Like she has like, she trains for like seven hours a day. Right. And like, that's a normal tennis schedule for those athletes that are like Pros. going to play high level pro. Right. So she like helps me understand like, oh, I can probably up the intensity a little bit more than I thought with athletes. Cause she's like, long as we are on the same page, like I know what she's doing with her coach. So I know what I need to do with her here. And she's like consistently saying like, hey, coach, I'm like moving a lot better. Like I'm not tired. I'm getting the balls I've never gotten to before. Um, this like feels really good. So it's like cool to hear her talk that way and know that like, okay, she's doing, you know, four to five hours on, you know, five days a week and her body feels better than it's ever felt. She's not getting hurt. Um, and like she just said, she's like, we got her eating better and understanding like she needs to eat more versus she was not eating enough. So she didn't even have energy during some days. So like those type of things are like the 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 more detailed side versus like just the like working you out, right? That's what I meant by like any idiot can work an idiot out. It's like understanding like that part of life. That's what the pro trainers are doing. Like they understand like, oh, like we're up by 20. Like our, our starters aren't going to play a lot today. We're going to work out a little bit after the game. It's right? like not so. about, it's cool to see how much youth like athletics have changed when you think about, you know, years ago, strength training is going to stunt your growth. Right. <laughs> and then it was like, oh no, we need to make our kids tired. And now it's like, no, we need to make our kids be able to handle more stress and right. load. Right. And it's this like pretty detailed formula. Like you have to communicate this with the kids. You have to communicate with the parents. You have to communicate with the coaches, but it's not, you know, crush yourself and then go play the season and then get worse. It's like, you're, you're always going up. Right. You're always being able to handle more. Right. What is that communication with the parents like? Whew. Yeah. <laughs> Where do we start for this? Um, how do you get them to understand well, how important it is? It's, I'm, thankfully now I, I built a good report for like who I am. Mm -hmm. So it's easy to, you got it, a reputation. It, they're easy to, it's easy for them to listen to what I'm saying. Right. So, they, they believe and trust that what, what I'm doing works. And I usually have a conversation with every parent to start out before we start. And like, I give them a detail, like what does this, an outline of what your pro, this program looks like, like in season, preseason, postseason. And like, when they ask a question like, well, should my son be doing this? It's like, yes, they should be doing this in season. This is why. And then I also now have like a, like I said, like Josiah is like always my, like, I did it with this kid mm -hmm. and this is what he became. I did it. I then I tried again with this kid. This is what he became or she became. So it's like now I've done this formula enough to now where it's like I have evidence to see to show that it works. 
So it's not me going like blind, like trying to convince them I've never done it before. So when we do sit down and talk, it's like I've done this multiple times now and it's worked. Um, and everything that you're used to thinking that doesn't work or did work is a, is a lie now. It's a fad. It's no longer true. So like I what? Need you, like, oh, like you just talked about, like, you know, if you if kids lift, they're not going to grow. Oh, if, yeah. It's not your growth. Wear if, and tear. You, know, you can't train speed. Uh Training in the season is going to hurt the athlete, not help the athlete. Um, if you know, if you're sore, that your, your performance is going to go down. Yeah, like those type of things are just what we're communicating now with parents and again understanding like this is which what we're used to is wrong. This is the new research. This is the new science. This works. Let's do it this way. So, and if you don't like it, then I don't. I'm not going to train your kid. It's pretty, it's pretty simple for Yeah, me. they're not going to come to you if they're like, oh, I want you to go easy on my kid and I don't yeah. want you to train it. Like, then why well, am I training it? And then there's the parents that try to tell you, like, you know, this, these are the things. This is what my kid is. This is what my kid needs to do. It's like, let me test your kid and then I'll tell you what your kid is. Yeah, like just <laughs> like, leave it to the expert. Yeah, yeah. like come, let, let's do the combine. Let's, let's test them. Let's assess them. And then I'll tell you exactly what's wrong with your kid versus you giving me a, you know, a subjective She needs this. Of, she needs that. Yeah. So um, I'm not... I'm parent friendly, but I have zero tolerance for parents. Like I try to set the the standard like, hey, like I need you to trust what I'm doing. If you don't trust me, then like I'm not going to train your kid. It's just like going to be that simple for me now. So it's like now I'm more like, you know, I'll call you, talk to you, laugh with you, joke with you. We'll have a good time. You can come and watch your kid maybe twice. And then after that, I need you not to come back again. <laughs> your kid needs a break. Yeah. So, um, so those type of things are like kind of how – like I, I'm comfortable enough now to have that type of communication with a, with a parent versus like when I first started, there's no way I would ever say that, right? So yeah. it's just like now I'm older. I'm a little older. I've been in the game for eight years. Like I know who you know I am. What you're doing. I know what I'm doing. Like leave. <laughs> what about communication with the coaches? Because it sounds like that's super important. That's that's getting a lot easier here now because all the coaches are, are younger or are, are like that generation of coaches that were older are starting to retire. So... Whereas before, like, you know, like there's still coaches now where I try to talk to them about that, but it's just like, he's not changing. And it's like, I can't talk to him. So it's like, okay, cool. Um, but now it's like, okay, every coach now is like 30, 33, 27, 37. So like they're at that age now where it's like- They get it. They get it. They understand. So it's now it's becoming very, like five years ago, I couldn't do this, right? So now it's becoming like, I would never have been able to start the league that I started with the older coaches that would have been impossible um but now it's like a uh somewhat of a community that's building that we're, we're all, all trying to cool. change we're all trying to change yeah. the culture here so in, in that realm that's becoming cool but like you know this stuff has been going on on the west coast for years right? oh i know we're yeah. so far behind you know and south carolina is even you know 10 more years far behind everyone else around here as well too so it's like we're all trying to catch up and, and evolve this area to where everything else already is so what are people so afraid of change this, this is the just the this fact is one of the of most conservative itself. states in the world and no one likes yeah. change here uh, change is the seceded. scariest thing in the world so yeah so <laughs> changes changes is frightening for for everything right so like when you're changing careers when you're changing houses when you're changing locations like everything is a fear about change and people don't know how to control that fear of change and when you live in a conservative state that change is very slow and very uh uh non-accepted i guess you can say I, 
lack of term a better word, but you know, like I remember being six years old and they were talking about building 526 through John's Island. And now it's like, now they want to do it now. It's like, we were supposed to do this. God bless. You know, 15 years ago. And now it's a disaster. And if we had did it when we were supposed to. Yeah. But no, I wanted to change the, what, what, what it was. And like, people were saying like, hey, traffic's going to get bad here. You might want hey, to think about doing this. just a warning. People are going to so, move here. And I remember being like six, eight, six or eight and then like going in the polls with my mom and seeing that on the poll, like, you know, do you want to vote for 526 to be open and go through John's Island or whatever it was? Yeah. So now it's like, okay, now they have to do it because traffic is horrible. Oh my God. And it's been how many years since yeah. we first voted on it? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that, like, so just think about, you know, like, that's what this area is. Like, this is very slow change. Yeah. But we yeah. got people like you pushing for change. And you. Yeah. yeah. Made to move. Trying, baby. man. Made to move. <laughs> you mentioned this tennis player who already kind of treats herself like a professional and i want to know what does it take because so many kids now want to play in college they want to go pro what does it actually take for you to get to that level um the the five athletes that i've seen become a pro that i've actually seen become a pro two of them i've had the pleasure of working with one of them i just like we play together and the, the interesting about all these guys and, and girls or that ladies that they were pros before, well, long before they became one, right? They were pro in high school. The way they, the way they worked out, the way they watched film, the way they practiced, the way they ate, the things they took serious. Like, the like I tell kids this all the time. Like, if you want to be a pro, you have to legitimately act like one today. And like, obviously, you're an immature pro. You don't know exactly what you're doing, but the way you look at practice, like, do you want to be here? Do you want to watch film? Do you want to listen to your coach? Are you going to show up? and work out on your own and do things that, you know, the 99% of kids aren't going to do. Like, are you going to be that 1% kid that's going to consistently take things serious over and over and over again? And then after, after, you know, you know, 10 years, you're so much far ahead of everybody else. You're, you're, you're now you're legit. You're, you're, there's a reason why you're a 1% because you've been doing that for eight years, six years, five years consistently without stopping. Um, and even doing it more so in the days you're extremely exhausted. So, um, a lot of discipline. Yeah, a lot of discipline. A lot of the discipline, the commitment, and then just that mentality that like this is what I want to be and and understanding that. And that's like and some kids just don't understand how to think that way. So that there that's there's a whole other mental side. There's some kids that just naturally understand like this is what I want to do. How do I get it done? How do I source this, outsource this, reach and find the person that's going to help me? do this and there's kids that are just afraid to even figure out how to get it done so um there, there is like a a gap in between that space of like the kids that already understand and act like a pro which i feel like for some kids it's just like a natural thing um and then there's the kids that want to do it but just don't understand how to get to that side of the realm so like um that's kind of like the goal like one of my biggest end goals to have this academy for these elite athletes that can't afford training that like that were like me like they had this like single mom and they were like didn't have tutoring they didn't have like those resources to help them do all the things that they need to do to become a pro um so like you get like the academics you get the mental coaching you get the training um all in one shop like you come in after school you you have like someone tutor you for x amount of time for whatever you're struggling with then you work out or at some point now you get some mental coaching 
Um, and then you like also get like NIL stuff, learning how to manage your, your social media, how to make yourself look professional, your new business card essentially is what yeah, it is Yeah, because that's kids. a thing now. Yeah, like coaches go in there to figure out who you are, right? So like that's the goal of my academy. Like how do you take these elite athletes that are essentially have the potential to be a pro and really turn them in, and mold them into a pro from eighth grade through through their senior year. So hopefully by the time they get to the level of college, they know how to move, they know how to walk, they know how to talk, they know how to present themselves. They're already a pro. They're already a pro, right? So that that's kind of like, like I'm at the point now where I always make this joke where I feel like I know how to create a player, like it's like a video game, right? Mm -hmm. I know what it takes to the village that they need to become one because I've seen like three or four guys have this village already. Um, and how do I give the same access that they had you know, they had the tutoring, they had the, they went to Portugal, like the two of the guys that went pros, like they had, they went to Porter um, on the scholarship. So like they had the access of like great academics, great coaching, great mentorship. Like a lot of support. A lot of support, right? So how do you give the support to these kids that can't afford? Yeah. But they're like these like freak athletes, right? So they like- They just the, need a little bit of, they just of need help. A, right. Yeah. They just need that extra push to help them become that pro that they already are. And, and now you're just guiding them to become that, right? So that's like the goal. That's like, if I could, you know, if someone, when people are always like, if you win a lottery, what would you do? That's what I would do. That, that's, I would just do the academy and that's it. So that's I, the next big thing for you. That's that's the next big thing that I'm that we're working on is the nonprofit to um, bring in. And, I, and we used the fall league that we had as like a apparatus to see if like what it works so we had the mental coach there like there was a station for mental coaching made the move was there doing pt and re -pre uh prehab for the athletes for the ankle hip and knee i did speed uh kj did agility mikhail did vertical training and then they played so like we were doing this like little test to see like do we all like each other do we get along yeah. does this work is this can we do this like we're doing this for 180 kids so i can only imagine doing it for 10 kids at a time or eight kids at a time what that would actually look like so the only thing obviously we're missing there was was tutoring like it'd be cool to like tell kids hey like if you want to come to the league at five and get tutoring until we start that would be cool but that would essentially kind of almost be impossible but maybe we'll see what happens but um but yeah so like that's kind of what we want the academy to be and and you know hopefully it grows into this you know great thing where we got you know, you know, 30, 40 kids there at a time, maybe in multiple cities and we're doing this different places. So I think that'd be a dream come true to have an after school program that's catered just to mold an athlete into a professional. Cause yeah. some kids really want to do that. And that's fine. Like if a kid wants to be a professional musician, give them access to it. Right. You know, maybe that's a new part of the Academy. Like we got a musician that comes in and teaches this kid how to play the guitar and, and be a pro at that, you know, who knows? Like, so like, that's the, like, I, I don't want it to just be sports eventually if it could turn into like a lifestyle, like this kid wants to be a singer or things that just aren't your normal, you know, be a doctor, be a Go teacher. Go to college. A, right, yeah. right, right. Like, how do you give kids access? Like, oh, this kid can be a musician. He doesn't need to go to college to do it. He could, you know, go to Cali and try out an audition with, you know, John Mayer for crying out loud and John be his <laughs> backup guitarist. You know what I mean? Like, those are like, that's what I think about with this academy. Like, how do I take the jobs that normally don't happen and like teach these kids, like have a financial advisor come in once a week and teach these kids how to manage money. And like Sounds those are- more productive than those, those schools. Right, exactly. So how do you, you know, give kids the access to the things that they actually need to be 
and help them like turn into the people that they want to be. And I think, I bet you love atomic habits because that's exactly it. Like you want to be a pro athlete. Okay. We'll start acting like (laughs) Like, go ahead and change your identity now. And then it's just like, it it comes so much more natural and you start to make decisions that a pro athlete would make exactly versus, you know, okay, now, now you're a pro athlete. Now you start acting like one, like, no, you start acting like one and that's what helps you actually become it. Exactly. It's it's reverse engineered. hundred percent. 100%. 100%. Yeah. So it's just like, that is, that is like my, my, for the last few years, it's always been on my mind. Like all these guys that I've, and, and people that I've met that are pros, like I remember them the way they acted when they were young and it was just like, they were already there and and that mental. So, so how do you, know, you create that? How do you create that? And, and I feel like this is the only way I can think of creating that type of environment. So, so yeah, so that's, that's like the next, hopefully big project that that sprouts next August. Um, That's really soon. Would be the plan, yeah. What's the next step with that? Um, really, now it's just like we we already got the nonprofit. That part's done. We've essentially got most of the funding done. So now it's just you know we have two people that are ready to invest, and now it's just like picking the the perfect candidate to start the program, right? So because you do, it's funny because like you got to pick kids right now that can like not too bad with grades. And or kids that are bad that can get there consistently to to do the studying. Like it's gonna be hard to get kids there that can't really transport there just yet. So like understanding like, all right, this kid's not you know this kid's grades are bad and he has but he has access to get to us consistently. Like he's perfect candidate right now until we can you know get transport buses him. and do it all yeah. the time. Right. So and he has to be motivated. Right. Had this kid's you know he's already doing pretty good athletically but bad academically. He's perfect for us. This is what we're looking for. Or, or this kid, this this girl right here is like she has all the intangibles. She's got like a two point five GPA, so we know we can get her to a three point five. She's a really good athlete. We know we can make her. She's going to be a D one athlete mm-hmm. if if she's with us. Uh, but if she has this mental side, she might become a pro, right? Mm-hmm. So like those type of candidates are like, you know, there's like five kids I already know who are going to fit in the, the program perfectly, right? And it's like, I need to find four more that's going to fit. So I'm like, now, like, hopefully these kids are the pioneers for this program mm-hmm. to explode. Like the guinea pigs. Like, yeah. So we, the, go, the goal would be for them all to be that Josiah James. Yeah. And now when I, the next wave of kids that come in, it becomes very easy to persuade people to like, hey, we need you to invest more because this is what we've done with these eight kids that started with us. And this is what we want it to be. So like the goal is to go, you know, two in 12th grade, two in 11th move all the way down to eighth grade. Every time that someone graduates, we bring in another two mm-hmm. and just keep cycling it so that way. So it's pretty intimate. Like yeah. still a small group. Right? Yeah, I would like for it to be super intimate for at least five years. Yeah. And then, you know, if it gets to a point where we can really blossom this thing into like maybe 40, 50 kids, then yes. But like, I want it to be like a special group of yeah. like, these kids are very talented. They're just missing like three part components to make them that elite athletes that they need to be. So- I definitely want the intimacy for now. Um, I don't want it to be a huge thing. I want it to be like, I want you to deserve to be here. And like not application. Just, yeah. Yeah. Like you deserve to be here. Like you're you're here for a reason. You need to value this. So we'll get you out and get somebody else in. And they need, and they need to feel that type of pressure a little bit to know like. Like exclusivity. You can yeah. Be, yeah. You can be replaced if you don't take this serious. And, you know, obviously I'm sure there'll be one kid that ends up, you know, having to be an example that we're not joking around about this program so so yeah that that's a uh that would be a dream um 
that that'd be something if I could start and and, and it's running on its own, I can go somewhere else and start do more. Other, start more. That'd be cool. Yeah. Tell me about the combine coming up. Combine. That that's I'm very excited about the combine. So we're gonna do a combine for. It was initially going to be for just lacrosse athletes, uh, but we actually pushed that back to January. So now we're going to do one for all athletes. Um, and essentially, it's just going to be a, we're going to test kids and these athletes. And we've essentially made, especially for the speed side, we made an algorithm where like after they get done with the, the combine, we're going to be able to give them a program that they can follow and, and use and uh, help them improve their whatever they're lacking in um and, and more so for this one's kind of more so helping them improve their speed um, but also with that said you know if the kid wants to improve their vertical we have the vert lab available for them if they want to get stronger we have the performance lab available for them so it's like we're using the combine to show these kids like where they're lacking and they can choose to come with us or if they already have a trainer we can tell the trainer like hey your athlete needs to get better at this like his vertical is not great like you need to work on this. This is going to help their speed. It's going to help the vertical. It's going to help the performance. Um, so we want to have something like this every every quarter, mm-hmm. so like the kids can see themselves progressively getting better. Um, and the goal is just like come in, get assessed, see where you're lacking. Um, obviously, every kid needs to work on everything, but like this is what you're really bad at. Let's just focus, focus on this on for this. like eight weeks for now and see if you make progression. And then you know everything else with in that realm you can kind of work on it as you go but right now you need to get faster so like yes let's get you faster today um and then let's continue to keep doing that program and then hopefully we can start adding everything else in that you're already naturally good at right so um so that's the that's the point of the combine is to become like this the charleston assessment for athletes to come to and, and see where they stand um and then the, and the good thing about uh the the combine i've teamed up with the this guy called Les, this guy named Les Belvin, who's like the guru of speed training. Um, he's he's the biggest speed nerd I've ever met in my life. He's a genius when it comes to speed training, and he's uh, created this algorithm that helps kids under see where they rank in the country. So, and I love it more so when parents are like, "Oh, my kid's so fast!" Like, oh, actually, your kids rank a hundredth in the country, so they need to get a little faster. That's so a hundredth in the country. That's pretty well, good. That, it was a joke. Oh, okay. I was like, I'd be happy with that. But I, yeah, everybody will be happy with that. But I was like, you know, you know, my kids, you know, the parents are like, yeah, my kid, I feel like my kid's the fastest kid. And it's like, yeah. oh, your kid's actually ranked number, you know, fifty in, in South Carolina. Like, we're able to show that parent, like, mm-hmm. this is where your kid ranks in the in the state or the region or the or the country, and like. If he does his workout, this is where this could get him ranked mm-hmm. in the country. And obviously, every parent likes to brag about their kids. So that makes it a lot more motivating for them as well, too. That's so, true. And even the cool thing about this as well, too, is that the parent can train their kid from this program. So they can kind of, you know, we have details in there tell them, like, this is how you do this part of the workout, the exercise. So I'm sure a dad would love to train his son Aww. and help him get faster. Yeah. So you create, we're also creating like a, an intimacy for a parent to train their kid as well. And, you know, if the kid wants to come to us and do the speed lab once a week or twice a week, that that's available. So they have the online application and then it can come to us in person. Um, and then the goal would be to have like speed clinics consistently every, you know, three months and have a, you know, a rotation of kids come in. We'll take you in. You do this program for six weeks, see your progress. It's your choice if you want to continue or not. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so that's, those are like, the combine and the the academy are the two big things that are, that we have coming up on the sports side, and we're super excited about it. Yeah, 
When is the combine? Combine will be December 18th. That's a Monday. That's the winter break. Okay. Here, which is, is that you the know, first one? That's the that's going to be the first ever one. Awesome. And how and, do you sign up? Like, how do you get access uh, to it? We will post that actually in November. The second week of November will be posted on the Instagram like page. Charleston Can't Wide. Stop, Charleston Wide, the Can't Stop Training page. We uh we have a lot of great connections with a lot of uh teams. So like sports teams for high school, uh a lot of travel teams. So we'll do a, a blast email for them as well. So, you know, most kids by by Thanksgiving should know this thing's happening. And obviously we'll be blasting on, on social media as well too. So super excited about that. Uh, we're also going to do a split clinic for that for three days to kind of teach mechanics and things about like on the online program that you might, when you see it, you kind of at least have an idea of what you're supposed to do and how it's supposed to be done. So yeah, we're super excited about getting that going. And, you know, when that launches, that, that'll be the first one. And I'm very excited about the combine. I think that's going to be very good for the city and, and very good for hopefully the goal is to like help other trainers improve their athletes so they can get more clients and, and grow their business. And I, I am very happy to be in a place in my life where I'm like wanting to help other trainers become <laughs> yeah. better trainers. Because um, five years ago, I just didn't care. I was just like, no, I want to be the best and I don't care about anybody else. And now it's like, how can I help other trainers build their business and become an even better trainer and get more kids and get more clients. How, how can, can we all get better? Yeah, how can you help everyone succeed? Right. So I'm, I'm happy to finally be in a in a place that I am very that I want to help more at on a higher scale, mm -hmm. and not just look at it as like a private personal relationship for me. So so yeah, I, that's what I hope the combine turns into like a community base where like you know we have different trainers come in and, and help with assessments and and we're able to give that kid like hey call that that trainer like hey coach like you might want to think about doing this program for your kid. It's going to help. And obviously if it works, you're going to get more kids. So, so yeah, so that's what we want to keep, you know, the fall league for basketball that we run has become a great community for basketball. Like parents are there, the coaches are watching their kids play. Hopefully we start bringing in college coaches to hang out and recruit these kids. So like it, we've, we've created one culture and now we want to create another one and just keep building that community of everyone just being in one room together and like talking and having the conversations about like, how do we grow the sports or how do we grow this sport in particular? So, so yeah, so we're, we're very excited about that. Um, I don't think Hannah knows about this just yet, but oh, uh, we are going to do the same testing that we're doing for the folly for the basketball players for lacrosse in January. And we're going to hopefully use the same team. So made to move. We'll be doing performance training oh, for really? lacrosse athletes <laughs> That's awesome. in January. We're happy to about that. Get ready for the season. Does so, someone else know about this? I just Yes, Rachel know. knows. Okay, great. <laughs> great. <laughs> Rachel does know about it. So yes. Um so yeah, we're very excited about um uh, hopefully keeping this training thing that's a part of a league and start doing it for volleyball. We start doing it for maybe soccer i was about we'll to say see. soccer <laughs> we'll see how it goes but hopefully we keep creating things and like we create this ultimate preseason program that becomes like we're really helping these kids get ready for the season helping their bodies get used to the stress and helping you know minimize as much as we can injury you know i i am starting to try to get away from saying injury prevention but you know that's the goal right yeah just try to help prevent the injury over time so yeah yeah, I feel the same way. That's that's super exciting. <laughs> yeah. It's cool to like you're not just trying to attack all these individual teams. You're like you're creating the community and it's yeah. like, hey, anyone can come. 
anyone who wants to come can come. Right. But this is what we're doing Charleston wide. Right. Now. Right. This league has showed me like I am falling in love with the grander scale of helping mm-hmm. more kids versus just like a select few. Like the academy can be my intimacy, my the my baby that I am in a great relationship with, and then everything else is more like how can I grow the knowledge of performance training mm-hmm. for this area? How can I grow the you can be the guru of yeah. performance How training. can I become the the guru? The yeah. Of the him. The right? OG of South Carolina. Yes. Like this guy is this like. This is who started it This South guy Carolina. helped change uh, the culture. Um, yeah. My, my biggest dream, my end goal, and, and there's a reason for this, but my end goal is I really want to have a building at College Charleston named after me. I want to be called the Gilead Exercise Science right. Building. That's like that's my. That's awesome. That's like my, you know, I'm giving a speech when I'm 65 to alumni is about graduating and like there's this hopefully this building that i've helped fund to why is that important to you one i was in the first graduating class of exercise science there um and if you're in a typical exercise science class that i feel like like most of the athlete most people are going to like pt or pa or something along those lines and like i kind of ended up being like the only one in my class to not do like the nursing or the pt or the pa i kind of really went into the training realm then and then on top of that went to like the private sector so i didn't actually even go into the college realm so and then i i i remember walking up to my my advisor and then the guy who runs the student gym at the time and i was like hey instead of me doing like a research capstone can i start building a business here and use it as my independent study to get credit and I was like, this is my idea, like how, you know, document everything, do the assessment, do the research, everything that I'm learning in this class and use this class to help me learn how to assess kids better, how to run a program, how to build it, and then see how it looks at the end of the year and let this just be my my capstone as like, how were their results? We're kind of depend on like, I guess, how my grade ends up being, right? So, because obviously like the capstone was like, you do this big research project and you know like your thesis right, right exactly yeah. right so and the guy both of them actually told me like you one no we're not gonna let you do it two what you're doing isn't realistic Oof. and um yeah that's what they told me and i was like okay since you guys are going to be a-holes i'm going to do it anyway so i started training at the gym anyway i literally started bringing kids in they called the cops on me five times. Oh my god! and i actually knew the campus police so they kind of let me go they didn't bother me too much but eventually you know, I knew at some point I needed to find a new space. That's when I found the church. So all these, all this yeah. stuff was kind You're of coming back for circle. You're causing trouble out there, huh? Oh God, I, I had to. I had to break barriers. No one yeah, believed in my dream true. when I first started. So it's like something about what I wanted to do. I knew it, it was needed, and I was like, dude, I got to go against against the grain. Like and like, I'm glad I've I've slowly gotten out of the habit of always going against the grain because like obviously there's a brutality of catch twenty two of like mm-hmm. end up being bad and good, but like. Initially, if I if I wasn't so strong minded to start, I would have not done this right. Like if I had listened to them, if I had given up when I had gotten kicked out of the church for you know those things, like if I wasn't at that time strong minded, being like I am doing this no matter what, I don't care what anybody's telling me. Like this is getting done. Like you know, I had to break a lot of barriers to get to this point. It's like now it's like like now there's a lot of trainers in the city now, right? So now it's like now I'm very comfortable with like. Get, now I'm getting to the point where it's like, okay, I know there's more people here, so now I want to start helping on a grander scale. 
I don't have to do all these different styles of training to make it work. I can hopefully recruit a guy to come in and help take over what I've already kind of built. It's kind of the goal. Um, so that's also a hard thing to do is bring people in. Building a team is yeah. very, very, very hard. Um, that's a story for another podcast. Yeah. You find somebody else to talk about that. <laughs> Great. But, um, but You were trying um, to do something that hadn't been done yet. Yeah. And that when, when people change yeah it's changed and people are like no that you know we're not doing that now we're never yeah. gonna be able to do that yeah so that was so that that is a i feel like i want that to happen that building is because that building is a not not really because i actually saw this guy he saw me when i first got the vote and he was like oh wow you actually did it i'm proud of you you did it that was and the guy who told you no that's the guy who told me no and like I had never in my life wanted to tell somebody F you so much oh, no. in my life. But like now I was just like, I was like, thank you so much. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and, and like that feeling for me to know that like I did it anyway. Like one, he got a, you know, a lot of, a bigger grant of respect for me for doing it right. Right. And then two, it's just like, you know, I, I really did something that someone really doubted that I couldn't, that didn't believe was possible. Right. So it's like, how do I do the next impossible thing? Mm -hmm. And for me, that next impossible thing is like that building is like seems some that's something that seems very impossible that I just want to I just want to do it. And then for one, it's just like if you take like being the first class and hearing that story and like that's just another great story to tell. To inspire someone else. You know, uh, yeah. that group of exercise science people when I come and like that's going to be my story, right? Like mm -hmm. this is like to think that this building is named after me after I've heard this from this the actual school that's actually given me the building. Like, you know, anything is possible if you really put the time in it. And, be and persistent. Just, yeah, be persistent. So like, that is like why I want that. Cause I want to like teach a lesson. I want to inspire another group of exercise scientists or sports science or PTs or whatever the case may be to like, you know, if you want to do something that's a little bit out of pocket from what's the norm, like, you know, you can. You can, right. So They say no, do it you anyway. Know, you know, obviously, like, you guys, you guys are kind of in a private sector. You guys don't do insurance. So it's just, like, that's scary for physical therapists to even think that that's even possible, right? Like, some people, like, were, like, I'm sure you've had to convince some of the people that work with you that, like, yeah, you can make it here without having to depend on the government or insurance companies to pay you for, mm -hmm. you know, what you're trying to do. Like, I feel like that's a scary that's a scary change to go from guaranteed to like maybe i can do well over here so like how do you convince people to do it? it's like okay we're doing it like we're in we're in, you gotta show them we're in yeah. daniel island we're in downtown we're in west ashley like it's working so yeah. like you know after a while people are like okay this is working i can hop on this team so you're also doing something that's different here like that's not a you find a gap that's not even here yet really i don't know anybody else that's doing it the way you guys are doing it so it's cool to see how you guys are growing. And, you know, I always tell, like, I remember Rachel's first day here, you know, and she, like, came here and, like, she did the uh, normal trend mm -hmm. that most PTs do. And then she hated it, right? And then hated she, it. she met you guys and now she's in love and she's yeah. happy. And, and, you know, she was really sad the other day. And I was like, Rachel, I remember how you felt when you were somewhere else. So, like, be appreciative, like, understand that, like, you're, you are successful right now. Like there was a point where you wanted to be here and you're here and you're thinking so far ahead in the future yeah. that you forget to figure, to think that your present moment right now is a success. Like there was a point, like I told somebody, I told my, the vault, we run these private pop-ups once a month. We do these like cool pop-ups for like, the goal is to do it for Charleston. Like get out your box for a day, come work out with us. It's like a fitness party. Like we have like food and drinks after, we have vendors there. Like we have like other like, 
fitness like wellness people they're like selling their juice selling their powders whatever the case may be right so and we had like our lowest attendance which was 20 people this past october and i remember and i was already going to give the speech anyway just so happened that it just happened to be this day but i was like i remember when i first started i couldn't wait to have 20 clients all come to me at one time right so like you know to have these 20 people here and i'm looking at this now as like my least amount of people, like that is success. Like I've already become successful because I've done something that I wanted to do. And, you know, it's hard to be young and present all the time and understanding like, you know, yes, this is, it's like, it's like med school kids. Like, well, at one point you couldn't dream to get in med school and now you're like in the thick of the work, you're studying, you're exhausted, you got like two hours of sleep and like, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm like, not doing it. I hate my life. And it's like, you're being successful right now. Like you're doing what you dream. Exactly. What you're doing is where you're supposed to be. Yeah. So like, you got to appreciate the moment of the success versus looking at like, now I want to get out of school and get a job. It's like everything that you want. Always looking forward. Yeah. So, and we all do it, right? We're all, we all want to climb, we're climbing the mountain. So like, we're always looking at the top of the mountain, right? So it's hard to be appreciative of this say like, oh, like, look how far I've come Mm -hmm. since I started, right? Like, look how high I am right now. I know I got to get there, but like Look right how far now, I've already yeah. Come. So it's a hard thing for us to do, and consistently do over time. It's like every day we got to learn how to appreciate today. Like you have three facilities right now, and you've only been here for what two years, three years? I don't know how long. Made to Move's been around for a while. Okay, but Made to Move's been around. I think it was like 2015. Um, okay, but like you know, Elliot and I owning it has been a little over a year, and right. so he started. He owned right after. PT school in 2020. So like, that's what I, I mean, I have to remind myself that all the time, like, like, Oh, we want this. We want this. We want this. And I'm like, yeah, made to move has been around for 2015, but like this team has (laughs) really been around for a year. Yeah. I've never heard of made to move until I met y'all. Yeah. Well, there you go. (laughs) go. So you guys are doing well. (laughs) Social media, man, relationships. Tell me about it. Yeah. You always got to look back and say, you know, a year ago, what you're doing now, you would have been ecstatic, but now it's not yeah. enough. Yeah, you'd have been elated. Yeah, you'd have been out of your yeah, mind. <laughs> exactly. Right. It's like your first day at the job. You wake up early, you get you do all this stuff, and then, you know, six weeks later it's like you're five minutes later, you're right on time. It's or monotonous. You, you didn't and, make yeah. your you didn't make the breakfast you made the first day. So it's just like, oh man, how do you always stay present? How do you always but also stay, you know, focused on what you where you're trying to get to, right? So I think that's the that's the thing that wakes you up in the morning, keeps you consistently moving. It's like trying to always be present and value where you are today. Because I, 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 and I've just gotten to that point. It's like, so don't think I've been doing this for a long time. I just started doing this like two months ago. Um, <laughs> like last so, week. <laughs> so I've just gotten to the point like where I'm not always looking at my future, and now I'm mm-hmm. starting to be more like today. Like yeah. I'm doing well today. Where Grateful I am right now is like. I have a whole league right now. And I like remember when I only had one kid for playing, like even working out with me for basketball. So it's like, it's cool to to look at that now. And it makes, it makes me smile and happy and, you know, appreciative of like the support I've had over the years and how consistently I've grown um, and continue to grow and, and, and continue to evolve is, is kind of more so what I'm extremely happy about. It's like just the continued evolution of growth. Mm-hmm. For, 1% better. For, yeah. It's just got to keep going. So you can't stop. Can't stop training, baby. <laughs> Where can our listeners connect you and find you? Uh, man, you can find me on, I guess I need to start a podcast, huh? But, <laughs> you know, you can find me on social media. I can't stop training. You can find us at the vault underscore CST. 
uh you want to follow my personal i'm pretty hilarious in my personal dave on gilliard you can follow me pretty there. hilarious you heard it here first <laughs> self-proclaimed self-proclaimed yes, uh, we'll um, see and, and, uh training.com is for performance uh we have the vault which is our umbrella so vault it's for you guys you know is a partnership between go green fitness and can't stop training go green handles all of our fitness events all of our fitness classes Ladies, if you want a nice peach, Go Green is the guy for oh you, by the way. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> Who doesn't? I mean, yeah, that's that's good. That's the new fad these days is mm-hmm. the booty and core. So he's a man for the job. Uh, but we also do these huge fitness events for everybody that are really cool. Uh, we want it to be very community-based. And, yeah, we do those once a month. But if you want to find out information for us, those are going to be your two point of uh, contacts. And, you know, if you want to, you know, email us, all that information is on our website. It's on our business page, on our Instagrams. Uh, but yeah, we're we're not hard to find. Uh, if you want to learn more about us, check us out. If you got more questions, please, please slide in the DM. Slide in the DM. Holla Love the DM. <laughs> Davon, thank you so much for thank coming on. Thank you so on. much, Hannah. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. To sign up for the Combine and keep up with Davon, The Vault, and Can't Stop Training, all those links are in the show notes below. Make sure you subscribe to the show. New episodes release every Monday. Otherwise, Charleston, have an awesome week.